0: Our first reading can be found in Genesis chapter 18 on page 18 in the Church Bibles. Genesis 18 and we start to read at verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am but nothing, nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again he spoke to him, what if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left. And Abraham returned home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: The second reading this morning is from Luke 11, found on page 1042. 1042. Chapter 11, starting at verse 5. Then Jesus said to them, will give him a snake instead. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the way it speaks directly to our hearts. As we sit before you this morning, We ask you to speak to us today. Amen. So, today, I'm going to talk a little bit about baking. It's a captivatingly varied subject. Cake, biscuits, bread, scones, all beautiful to look at and all tasty. Although we all have our preferred recipes, don't we? Whether it's your mum's recipe for scones or your granny's Victoria sponge cake, Most of us have a favourite treat. This week I watched the beginning of the Great British Bake Off on the television. Wasn't it a shame when those biscuits slid to the floor? Oh, I felt sorry for her. But what a joy when things go well and the results are more spectacular than the bakers had ever even hoped. The delight when Paul and Mary, who if you don't watch the show, they're the experts... When they offer a compliment about your biscuit, oh, it's marvellous. Of course, you don't have to watch the TV. There are books and magazines galore on the subject of baking. Apparently, you know, Theresa May has a collection of over a hundred different cookery books. Many a happy afternoon can be whiled away looking at pretty pictures, and if you read the text, you can learn a lot from the experts. But you know, unless you get in the kitchen and put your pinny on and put into practice all that wisdom, there will be no cake on your own tea table. For the next term on Sunday mornings and in home groups, we'll be exploring the subject of prayer, which is even more exciting than cake. Embarking, I hope, on an adventure with God in which we'll not only learn more about him, and how he relates to his people. But we'll also learn more about each other and grow closer together as we grow closer to God. Of course, we'll read the Bible and other books about prayer. But I'm hoping that we'll be wise enough to listen and learn from the richness of one another's experience. Just as with baking, there are many different skills to learn Different people are good at different kinds of prayer, and we can all contribute to the discussion as we share how we have learned to talk to God, our Heavenly Father. Most importantly, however, I'm rather hoping that we won't just read about prayer. I'm hoping we won't simply talk about prayer. I'm hoping that we'll grow a habit of actually praying. To inspire us this week, we've eavesdropped on Abraham's conversation with God as they look down on that ill-fated town of Sodom. Around 2,000 years before Jesus walked the earth, the Lord has visited Abraham and Sarah at home in the form of a man with two angels for company, and he's brought good news. As they fellowship over a meal, he tells Abraham and Sarah that they are to have a child, in spite of being incredibly old and so far childless. When the visitors finally get up to leave, the Lord initiates a conversation. Abraham has an enormous advantage here in that he is actually standing face to face with the Lord And that is, of course, unusual, but we can still learn a lot from the exchange as it takes place. First of all, we can note that prayer is personal. Abraham and God know each other well. If you're following in your Bibles the verses from around verse 17, allow us to hear God's thoughts as he reflects on his friendship with Abraham. This is no chance encounter in the desert. It's not an accidental meeting of strangers. These two know each other well. They've clearly spent considerable time in each other's company, and they've nurtured relationship. In the modern vernacular, one might say they've hung out together long enough to know and appreciate one another. God treats Abraham as a friend with whom he might share his plans and his thoughts. It's a great privilege to share someone's thoughts for the future, how they see things, how they feel about events and people and plans. Humanly speaking, we don't get to that place of privilege overnight. It takes time to build up such a relationship of love and trust that a friend might feel inclined to share something deeply personal. I wondered, as I read this passage, how much time we spend hanging out with God, even sitting, as Jane Austen put it so beautifully, in companionable silence with him. Is there space in your day, every day, for God? Do you invite him to walk with you to the office, to the shops, to school? Do you set aside time simply to be with him in the morning or before you turn out the light at night? Even though our lives are busy, all the best relationship advice in the gossip columns of the newspapers and the magazines tells us to prioritise time for important relationships. So, where does God figure in our daily schedule? Is there space for him every day so that he might get to know you and you him? That leads us on to a second thought, because quite clearly, Abraham models conversation with God as a two-way thing. Prayer is personal, yes, and prayer, is a two-way conversation. Not only does Abraham speak to God, but he also listens as God speaks to him. When a toddler learns to speak, it is delighted to learn that it can affect the world around him by making his needs known. She can ask her carers to supply her needs, whatever they might be, and it's a wonderful developmental stage. As we grow up, it begins to dawn on us that there are rules to effective communication. Skilled conversation does involve listening as well as speaking. Conversation simply doesn't work if everyone talks at the same time or if one person monopolizes all the airwaves and doesn't allow space for others to contribute. So we learn as we mature to pause and wait for our friends to respond. Sometimes the pauses are lengthy. A deep and trusting relationship can handle that. Conversation is an exchange of news and ideas and so is an effective and mature prayer. The better we get to know God, the more we hang out with him, the easier it is to wait for his response and to hear his voice. When you know someone well, it's easy to recognise their voice even in a crowded room. It's a striking thing that a parent often recognizes the cry of their own child amidst the din of many others because of the relationship that they have built up. Love and familiarity attune your ear to the sound of the one you're listening for. I wonder if you remember the days before digital radio, when one had to tune the dial of the radio to tune in to the radio station you were looking for. Avid listeners to the radio were always really good at picking out the sound of the announcers that they are used to listening to, and so they were really speedy at tuning in. But it did take a degree of skill and practice. And so it is with God. The more time you spend with him, the more familiar you become with the sound of his voice. We don't often hear an audible voice, of course, but God's leading will never be inconsistent with the truth that he reveals in the Bible. And so filling our minds with scripture and making space in our day, every day, builds a familiarity that the Holy Spirit can use as he warms our hearts to the words we read and speaks to us through them, And also, through the words of our brothers and sisters in Christ, as they too seek to allow the Holy Spirit to work through them. Sharing in another person's deepest thoughts, however, is not always a comfortable thing. Sometimes you hear things that might challenge you. This is the case for Abraham as God shares with him his distress over what he has heard about Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham has family there. This is where his nephew Lot and his family live, so he's sure that not everyone in the town is as bad as God fears. Abraham stands before God and asks for help on behalf of this town that doesn't even know how much it needs God's mercy. This kind of prayer is often called intercession. Weekly, we intercede on behalf of others in our morning service. We draw to God's notice those we know around the world, situations and people for whom our hearts weep, and we ask God to move, to change things. We ask on someone else's behalf. In intercession, we're involved in God's plans for those around us, wanting what God wants for others. Intercession is a way of loving others. Abraham models for us here that this kind of prayer is personal. This kind of prayer is a two-way conversation. And this kind of prayer is persistent. Like the persistent friend in our Gospel reading from Luke, Abraham finds himself bold and almost presumptuous. But because of his loving, trusting relationship with his heavenly Father, he knows that he will be heard, and he speaks on behalf of others. Similarly, we bring to God the bruised and the broken, the sick and the helpless, and we ask for his mercy. Abraham shows us we can do this repeatedly, for God is happy to be reminded of his boundless love and generosity for those that call upon him. Abraham is not simply haggling with God here haggling, like a transaction in a marketplace over a bag of fruit, presumes that God might get something in return. Well, this is not so here. Abraham has nothing to offer God, really. In fact, he's trying gently to work God out, I think. Small children often ask, what, what, what if this happens, Mummy. Or, Grandpa, what if that happens? As they try to work out the world. Sometimes, as adults, we find their questions a bit silly or ridiculous because we have more understanding. But they are exploring the parameters of their world. They're getting to know more about the universe in which they're growing up. Abraham, I think here, is exploring God's boundaries as it were, and so enriching his understanding of who God is. He's trying to understand him more and draw closer to him. This is a deeply intimate conversation. It's a sharing of hearts. As Abraham repeatedly questions God, he learns more of God's true nature, And God allows this. God is big enough to handle our doubts and our fears and our questions. So it's okay to bring them to him. It's okay to explore what it really means to live in relationship with our loving Heavenly Father. It is acceptable to bring to him repeatedly the matter's that burden our hearts. Not all prayers seem to be answered immediately and God encourages us to press into him and to learn more of him in the conversation. If you are currently in conversation with God over something, and I think actually many of us are, it can feel like a painful thing it's not an easy or comfortable place to be may i encourage you not to give up press on ask god how he would have you pray as we read on we see god guide abraham's thoughts from the immediate personal concern for his family members To broader issues to God's very nature his love and his justice God prompts the prayer and God appears also to bring the conversation to a close there are times when God seems to say okay leave it with me as an aside the book group last year read a wonderful book on the subject of God not appearing to answer our repeated heartfelt prayers, called God on Mute by Pete Gregg. I highly recommend it if this is something that's relevant to your prayer walk today. It's written with hum- humanity and humour, but it's written out of true understanding of that painful place. The theologian Martin Luther said, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. There are medical conditions that restrict our ability to breathe, and they can be very life-limiting. When breathing is restored to its proper function, the living of life in its beautiful ordinariness is transformed for the sufferer we can live as christian <coughs> excuse me we can live as a christian without much richness to our prayer life we can live like toddlers simply presenting god with a list of our latest wants and needs or coming to him only in a crisis but if this is what we settle for our spiritual life Is greatly reduced if we want to live life in all its fullness life as God intended it learning to pray to have conversation with God is essential as Abraham shows us encounters with God change things encounters with God change people This conversation between God and Abraham reveals to us something of God's heart for his people. God initiates the conversation. He reaches out to Abraham, as later he does to us through Jesus, sending his son to live as a man, to die for our sakes and to rise again in glory. He sends his Holy Spirit to all who turn to Christ as friend and saviour, so that the conversation might continue, so that we might learn to recognise his voice and become attuned to his will, so that we might enjoy the richness and depth of loving relationship that our Heavenly Father always intended for his people abraham's conversation with god sets us off on our adventure for the next term as we begin to explore prayer that is personal prayer that is a two-way conversation and prayer that is persistent as we gather around the lord's table now to receive the bread and the wine that remind us of all he gave for our sakes. Perhaps I could invite you to come ready to learn more of him, to commit to spending time with him and bringing him, to him, your deepest needs in order that we might learn to hear his voice and enrich our understanding of him. As a church family, poised at the beginning of an exciting new season in our life together. Let us not simply talk about prayer or read about it. Like the contestants of the Great British Bake Off, let's roll up our sleeves and put into practice the wisdom of the ages. Let us get involved and learn to pray with passion and persistence that we might partner with God and see greater riches develop in our own relationship with him and see his kingdom grow here in Walcott. Amen.